Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Our premium stroller and crib rentals are delivered straight to your Disney or Orlando area resort. It couldn't be easier. Book yours at KingdomStrollers.com. And Mouse Pros. Let our travel specialists plan your next vacation. Our concierge-level service gives you the perfect hassle-free vacation. Get your free quote from Sean or any of our magical agents at MousePros.com. And Mickey Monthly, the Disney fans' monthly subscription box that brings the magic right to your door. Visit them at MickeyMonthly.com. And buy Woody's Sunglasses. Don't let glare ruin your magical view. These premium wood frame polarized sunglasses will let you tour the parks in style. Visit them at Woody's.com. And now, it's show time. Vahidi Mekyonimana, ladies and gentlemen, no flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait, we forgot to wake up the glee club. Hey, howdy, hey, and welcome to Enchanted Tiki Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. I'm Matt. I'm Scott. And I'm Alan. So grab yourself a Dole Whip or a citrus roll, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 216 for the week of December 10th, 2017. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Enchanted Tiki Talk. We are back once again with half a staff. So in order to make the show a little bit more exciting, we bought brought on an old 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 very old friend of the show I mean, very old friend and somebody who has not yeah, real appeared old. yes real old probably has nobody nobody's <laughs> hasn't appeared in i guess three years now i think you were either our first or second guest of the show and that uh that's safari mike welcome safari mike jumbo guys how are you good what's going on uh not much not much like kate just came back like you guys from uh florida so getting used to the cold weather yeah i know that that's a hard thing to do isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's terrible yeah well, see you know it's bad when they're talking about snow in north carolina so it's got to be bad up your way yeah oh really that's, oh boy oh boy yeah that's not good i i would do anything to be back in florida walking around in the sun in shorts and a t-shirt again <laughs> exactly right <laughs> all right mike so it's you know it's great to have you on the show again I know one of the one of the things that we have talked about over the years is that that you have never gotten to do is the, the tiki lightning round. So no, that's true. Yeah. That's so true. when we uh, you're one of the I only think, people, I think one of like two people that have never done the tiki light round, tiki lightning round. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. Oh, excellent. <laughs> but uh, but before we get into that, why I've don't had you years to prepare? So it better be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope you could do this. Um, <laughs> But before we get into our show topic this week, why don't you tell everybody out there in uh, Tiki Land a little bit about yourself, uh, reintroduce yourself to everybody who doesn't, who might not know who you are. Sure, because last time I was on your show, I think it was episode three or four. Yeah, something like, like very that. early on, very early on. Anyway, uh, you know, we have a podcast called Radio Harambe. We have a blog called JumboEveryone.com. Um, we're all things Animal Kingdom and Animal Kingdom Lodge, although on the podcast we bend that rule every once in a while with you know news and tidbits from outside of Animal Kingdom. But generally speaking, that's what we cover, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, you're generally known as, um, I don't want to say Disney hater, but you just love, well, your brother. I guess more your brother, but uh, um, you, I mean, you <laughs> generally you do love the, the parks outside of Animal Kingdom. 
So, like, w- with your podcast, you know, f- mostly focusing on Animal Kingdom, and you've been around just as oh, a little bit longer than we have, how do you mm-hmm. keep your show fresh with Animal Kingdom ideas for the most part? Well, I mean, I think we lucked out in a, in a certain way, because shortly after we started doing the blog, and right before we started doing the, the podcast, they announced this Avatar thing. So right. we kind of grown along with that. Um, you know, we, like I said, we sort of lucked out. So you know, there's always something new. And I think Animal Kingdom lends itself more to news than many of the other parks. Just having animals and switching them out, babies, you know, all that kind of stuff. New entertainment, that kind of thing. There's There seems to be a little bit more change there than there, than there does at some of the other parks, especially things like Magic Kingdom uh, that there's generally not as much change as there is in Animal Kingdom. Although right now, I guess the biggest changes are, are coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. But So I, I think it stays fresh in that way. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting when you first started. a lot of There are a lot of naysayers out there that there's no way you would be able to keep a podcast going just focusing on Animal Kingdom, and you have. But I also remember when you had first started, I don't know who the person was. There was somebody out there that said they wanted to start one focusing on Hollywood studios. And I don't remember, I don't remember who that was, but we, you and I were, were joking with him that there's no way that show would work. He, I don't think he ever put the, the podcast out, but, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it ever happened, but yeah, I, I can definitely see how animal kingdom definitely has enough to justify its own podcast. You can also on some level say that Epcot would be able to do the same thing because of all the, you know, the different countries, all the, the food festivals that have going on. So Epcot sure. can probably do it itself as well. Um, so it's interesting. So if you have never listened to Animal Kingdom yet, Animal Kingdom, uh, Radio Harambe's podcast about Animal Kingdom, <laughs> be sure to check it out. No, thank you very much. I, I hope you do. Yeah. Uh, with that, we will take a quick break and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's short time. Here are your 25 questions to answer before time is up. Don't, Don't fall out of that noble perch. It's perch talk. Hey guys, this is Scott and I'm at the Geyser Point at Wilderness Lodge and I've got Rogers and Jamie, two of our listeners here and we're going to do a Perch Talk and Perch Talk is brought to you by Trader Sam's Coffee Company. So 25 questions, two minutes. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Whenever you're ready, you can go. All right, here we go. All right. Favorite Disney World theme park? Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. Favorite land in Magic Kingdom? Tomorrowland. Main Street, USA. Favorite souvenir? Olszewski Main Street Miniatures. Wow. Uh, probably a Mammoth Pecan Fatty. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite quick service? Oh. Sunshine Seasons. Yes. Favorite table service? Yachtsman. Yacht, yeah. Yachtsman. I haven't been there yet. Favorite on-site hotel? Beach Club. Beach Club. Favorite show? Carousel Progress. Um, nice. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Wouldn't have thought of that. Favorite parade? Halloween. <laughs> the <boobies. laughs> Since you saw it last night. Favorite fireworks? Happily ever after. Um, I'm going to have to go with Fantasmic. Wow. Favorite Epcot Pavilion? Canada. Canada. Really? Interesting. Favorite time of year to attend Disney World? Fall, October. Mm, I like summer, just the original. Monorail or ferry boat? Monorail. Monorail. Because all the ferry boats are riding around out here. <laughs> Uh, favorite thrill ride? Space. Tower of Terror. Dole up or Citrus Whirl? 
Citrus. Dole Whip. Favorite Main Street shop? Mm, Emporium. Uh, the confectionery. <laughs> Favorite princess? Belle. Belle. Favorite prince? Eric. Yeah. Favorite Disney song? Uh, Be a Man. The Mulan <laughs> song. Wow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Favorite non-Disney movie but still Disney branded? Avengers. Oh, yeah. Favorite non-Disney... Uh, no, Favorite sweet treat? The mammoth pecan patty. <laughs> Chocolate-covered strawberry. Favorite street performer or band? Uh, street performer or I band. I like the magic show people at Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah, the street All performers, right. the magic tricks, yeah. Least favorite attraction? Mm, figment. Small world. Wow, favorite Disney bar lounge? That's mean. <laughs> uh, probably Cruise Cup. Uh, yeah. Two questions, we'll finish it off. Favorite pool on property? Beach Club. Yeah. And how do you two world showcase Mexico, Canada? Mexico. Mexico. You guys go the wrong way. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, thank you both. All right, we are back from break. As you can tell from the opening of the show, we have Matt along with me to endure Mike this episode. So, Matt, thank you for sticking around. What a ringing endorsement from my yes, was, contributions here. I think it was funny when we were all down there in November. I think I actually ran into Mike more than I actually saw you, Sean. So I mean, probably it's kind of fitting that he's on the show with us. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even see Mike. I just I, I could smell. Yeah, him. no, I never bumped into you. Yeah. No, because um, you were with um, uh, uh, Christina. Christina, and I was yeah. trying to get together with her, and I just we were running out of time. I was meeting a friend of mine who had flown in from England at Disney Springs. So we left animal kingdom early. So I wasn't able okay. to meet up with you guys, which was a bummer, but, uh, that would have been fun. It would. And I did bump into what we bumped into Matt at Disney Springs and before one of the races. And yeah, it was just weird. Random. Animal kingdom. We, yeah. we were leaving animal kingdom. They were getting, getting on a bus and I was literally chasing my kids down one of the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the coverings for the for the bus. I hear somebody call my name, and I'm stopped. I'm like, "Who's calling my name?" And he's standing there with Christina, and I talking <laughs> them for a little bit. And then um, before the fiasco, trying to catch the Magical Express back to our resort for the uh, to go catch our flight, I ran into him at Disney Springs, and then uh, right before the half marathon. So yeah, he, he was he was all over the place. It was like I was following him around or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was following you, Matt, not to be too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you should have picked a more uh, exciting person to follow around. <laughs> All right. So with uh, this week's show, with Mike being on here as the uh, general animal kingdom expert and best friends to Joe <laughs> Rody, you know, there is, oh, a, yes. <laughs> there is a rumor going around that uh, the story goes that Joe Rody was coming into the country at Customs and Immigration. Yeah. And somebody had asked him about the Yeti, if the the immigration officer asked him if the Yeti was ever yeah. going to be fixed. The rumor going around is that Mike actually was that immigration officer <laughs> that asked the question. Is there truth to that, Mike? There is no truth to that. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I deny that in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing about uh, Joe Rody is that he's well aware of uh, who Mike is, and, and Mike, you have met Joe Rody in the past several so, times. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I, I know. Why don't you? Why don't you t- just just for our listeners out there? Why don't you tell them about the the time you met Joe? And I think that's when he said he knew who you were, right? Oh, uh, yeah, at, I was in Washington. The, I think yeah, it was Washington D.C. They were doing an environmental film festival. So um, I went down there. They were showing his movie, the uh, Snow Leopard movie that he did a couple of years ago. 
uh, if you guys remember that. Yes. And um, so I went there for a screening of it. Um, I was there as well as some other, you know, Disney Twitter people were there. Um, and he did a little sort of meet and greet. I guess it was after the movie, my memory serves. And I said to him, you know, I took a picture or whatever. I said, I'm not sure he knew who, who I am. And he said, of course I know who you are. You're Safari Mike. And, the, you know, the other <laughs> Disney Twitter people in the crowd got a real kick out of that. As, as did I, by the way. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. It's like, oh my gosh, Joe already knows who I am, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I randomly bumped into him at, uh, uh, at the hotel at the Animal Kingdom Lodge once. And we've DM'd a few times. So, although I won't claim to be his best friend. I mean, we've had had a couple of <laughs> brief conversations. <laughs> All right, so why don't, let's just jump into uh, Animal Kingdom here and let's talk about the the newest, grandest, best thing to happen to uh, to Animal Kingdom since it first opened, and that is Avatar Land. Oh, okay. All right. I think so, you're talking about Nomad Lounge, but that's okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with um, you know Avatar Land, and you have followed it pretty closely from the beginning. Overall, do you think that it met your expectations or did it exceed your expectations? Um, I will say it has been around since, I mean, you know, obviously we've been waiting for this for the longest time. I think um, the second episode of Radio Harambe was an hour of uh, my brother and I debating um, whether or not this was a good idea. Dave being more pro-Avatar than I was. I was definitely on the anti-Avatar bandwagon <laughs> and, and remained firmly entrenched in that bandwagon. Um, I, when I saw the preview stuff, I mean, I, I did, I'm did. i not one of these people who don't want to be spoiled. I watched you know, all the videos that they had. I even saw, for a brief time on opening day, they had a ride-through of the Navi River journey. Um, and I didn't really, really like what I saw, although I, I did not see... Flight of Passage, obviously, that was never uh, really spoiled for anybody uh, beforehand. Having seen it in person, when I first saw it in person uh, a few months ago, I will tell you that I am—I uh, liked it a lot, much a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was beautiful. I loved Flight of Passage. I think it's a top five Disney ride. I—I I even loved Navi River Journey a lot more in person than I did um, when I saw it on a video. I, I really like that attraction. It is. It's pretty. It's just very soothing mm -hmm. and nice and pleasant. Um, I, I wouldn't wait. I mean, there are waits for like an hour for it now. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't do that. But there are a few rides uh, in, on Earth that I would wait more than 45 minutes for nowadays. Um, I guess I've gotten spoiled in, in going to Disney <laughs> so many times that I just, you know, what's the point now? But anyway, um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's beautiful. I think it changes at, at night. It becomes a completely different kind of landscape. Um, I love the background noises that you hear. I love the food. Um, you know, there's very little that I was disappointed with. The only thing I could think of as we're talking is that kind of walk-up bar that they have is really kind of lame. But other yeah, than that... Lame, yeah, you can say that. It could, they could have done a lot more with that um, on, on so many different levels. They could have the, they could have themed it more to the one of, of, of like how it looks inside... Um, Mm -hmm. the hangar or, or something like that um, or more towards Navi or, or anything it's just a boring old bar there's very little theming to it 
Yeah, it's not even a good. I mean, it's not even. It's just two. There are two or three pre-mixed uh, frozen drinks, as well as two beers on tap. The, right. the beers are fine. They're they, you can't find them elsewhere, so that's that's fine. Um, the pre-mixed, excuse me, frozen drinks I could do without. Um, and that's it. That's all they got. And those pineapple, you know, wonton things. Um, I would have much preferred like an actual bar or a lounge right. or something. Like, why did they put it up higher where you can oversee Avatar? The whole the whole land there, you know, right sure. right in the the front when you walk in, overseeing everything and, and seeing it come to life at nighttime, watching the waterfalls come down. I mean, that would have been a spectacular. That probably would have been the best bar on property if they would have absolutely. Done well, it's going to be hard to beat Nomad Lounge, but um, it would have certainly been a very nice addition. So, I mean, other than the bar, I hate to harp on terribleness. You know, the one the one thing I did not like. Um, <laughs> I think overall it was fantastic, though. I was very impressed and I was very happy. And, and I, like I said, I, I went in expecting to be a little disappointed, and I was not. So, how would you, to somebody who is not a, a who doesn't know what avatar is you know has never seen the films has never doesn't really even know what disney is quickly try to try to sell somebody on avatar in 50 words or less well if it's somebody who doesn't know what disney is i'm not sure what they're doing listening to your show um <laughs> that's number one yeah it's just it's just generalization <laughs> but to sell Avatar in, in 50 words or less, and uh, uh, I would uh, Avatar Land in 50 words or less, I would say it's um, beautiful landscape, amazing um, color at night. I would say the Navi River Journey is like a watercolor painting come to life. And Flight of Passage is an ex- exciting is probably not the right word. I would say Flight of Passage is a fun um, attraction that is unlike just about anything else you'll ride. I was I don't want to say shocked I guess I was kind of taken aback after you know you hear everybody talking about how small it is and everything until I actually got there there's it's like they literally crammed it in the corner of the park. Do you know is there any room for them to do any type of expansion since James Cameron's talking about another, what, 25 films or something like that he's going to put out? or Well, and they, and they might actually become Disney movies now right. as opposed to what they were <laughs> a month ago. Um, there, there, I guess you, you could expand um, sort of northward. So when it, you know, you're at the, for people who are familiar with the geography of Avatar Land, when you're at the Satuli Canteen, you can sort of make a left and go on that path that leads you to Harambe. There's like a long walking path along the Discovery River um, that leads you to the uh, Festival of the Lion King um, movie theater. There is some space in there that they could add to, um, you know, some small stuff. I don't think they could really build out like another massive attraction like Flight of Passage, but they could they could add a little bit to it for Maybe sure. Maybe a spinner? <laughs> I am always I am always down for a spinner. I don't see why you wouldn't ride a uh, banshee. I think kids would love that. <laughs> Not to get derailed, but I uh, I think that Star Wars Land desperately needs a TIE fighter spinner ride. I don't I, care how, what anybody says. How did that not happen? I mean, and the kids can press the button and they make that right. Star Wars laser gun noises. I mean, come on. 
I, I think that would have been like get, the one spinner ride that, that. that would have worked. Everybody would <laughs> that that would have been a long line. If you could have sat there and 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 you would have heard somebody going, "Stay on target, stay on target." And, oh, and, that'd be oh, so fantastic. Yeah, and the center of it could be a Death Star. I right. Mean, come on. Yeah, they 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 dropped the ball there. That's <laughs> probably why they didn't do it because all the adults would be riding it. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I derailed the conversation. I apologize. Go ahead. Go okay. back to Avatar Land. <laughs> now, with this is that, sort of what my show is like, derailing conversations <laughs> all the time. But we just recorded an episode uh, about um, the Flights of Wonder perhaps closing down. And in the middle of it, Dave and I have a 15-minute conversation about Coco and the Frozen Shorts. So I don't know how that happened. Oh, jeez. <laughs> sidetracked. You can get sidetracked pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. So with um, you know some of the things that w- with Animal Kingdom you know taking a step in a different direction is things that the average park over that might not be aware of the things to do which could be you know which would be considered an add-on would be the um, the safari what is it the just just lost my train of thought um, the where you get to go behind the scenes with the safari the the ropes zipline oh the wild africa track. wild africa track uh with the okay. wild africa you've done the wild africa track correct absolutely absolutely now is that something you think as somebody who's never been to animal kingdom before you know who maybe has been to disney do you think that is a must do for somebody who's never been um it, it, for to somebody who's never been to the animal kingdom i would say probably not i mean there there's so many other things that you're going to want to do that that's going to derail that, speaking of derail that's going to take out your, your entire morning or afternoon that's like a four-hour deal so um and that's so that's a lot of your day um when at least at this point in time you're going to want to go to flights of passage and expedition everest and see the stage shows and and um all this kind of stuff so i I would not say that that is something that a first timer should do. Is it something somebody who has been to Animal Kingdom a couple of times should to do? Absolutely, as long as you have the cash, because it is not it is not cheap. It's uh, I think a buck ninety for per person at this point. Right. So this, you know, if you have a family of four, you're talking eight hundred dollars to do this. That's you know. <laughs> do you think this lends nice. itself for a a group experience as opposed to? You know, maybe an individual or a family as like a group of friends. You think that would be something a little bit more exciting? Wild Africa trick. Um, there's a lot of you know crossing those bridges and sort of being on your own a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you could have a lot of fun because you actually spend you know you have some a meal whether that's you know breakfast or lunch or or dinner out on that boma that sits in the middle of the the big safari. So you're out there for quite a bit of time. Um, you're in a flatbed truck for a little while, getting a, you know, a lengthy tour of the other portions of the um, of the safari itself. So, you know, there you are in a group. Um, you know, when when I did it, there was I think it's about 16 people, maybe. So, I was with some family members. I think there were six of us at the time. So there was like another 10 or so people, or maybe it was even 24 people, something like that. So there's, you know, if you have a big group, I think you can have a lot of fun with that. Absolutely. And usually the cast members, there are two that follow you around, are usually very good and very kind of affable and, you know, constantly kidding around with each other and stuff. So, you know, they 
are always good cast members on the on the Wild Africa Trek. They're very engaging. So I would I would say that would be a good group experience for sure. Did you feel that they were more knowledgeable than the safari drivers? <laughs> well, the safari drivers. Uh, well, first of all, I've only done it once. Okay. The Wild Africa Trek, and um, yeah, they were pretty knowledgeable. But you know, they don't spend too much time talking about the animals. What happens is. Um, you have other people talking about him as well. Like so, when you get to the hippos and the crocodiles, there is another person that comes and greets you. It's you know so some other uh, you know uh, trainer slash keeper that will come out and talk to you. And, and the, with the hippos, they'll they'll throw lettuce to the hippo and I'll come over and she'll talk. He she or he will talk to you about the hippo. So the person coming along with you, um, while they're certainly knowledgeable, don't doesn't are not necessarily going to give you all the information or you know and do all the tour themselves there are other people scattered throughout not unlike the uh caring for giants um tour that they recently added right which i also did oh you did yes was this your past trip yeah yeah we did it um just this you know a couple weeks ago um it that uh, unlike wild africa trek this one is only 30 dollars. although it's you know you can get an ap or a DVC discount to make it down to about 25 bucks. I think, you know, so ours was $50. Um, and, but again, it's, it's only about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. So it's a lot shorter too, but it's a lot of fun. I think right. it's great. So that might be something for somebody who wants to step outside your normal realm of the parks to experience then. Yeah. And it's, it's, so what they do with that is first of all, you can just show up and sign up for it and, they hardly ever as far as i know they don't sell out so you can pretty much get there in the morning there's a little booth right across from the kilimanjaro safaris and say hey i want to do caring for giants and there's usually a a slew of tours that are available um when when we did it we showed up at like 10 o'clock and they said you know you want to do the 10 30 and we wound up doing 11 because we hopped on the safari but and they take you behind the scenes um you get to see sort of backstage you get to see um, where they grow all the, the brows for all the animals. So there's like a big field with all sorts of stuff that they're doing. You get to see where they built the topiaries for the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. You drive okay. past that area. You drive past some of the, the, the housing for mandrels and the giraffe bar and all that kind of stuff. And then you get to the elephants. And you, you get once you're there, you get like about, I'd say about 20 to 25 minutes of a couple of different people coming along and talking to you about how they care for the elephants and what they do in, in Africa for conservation. And, and you get a nice view of the elephants. You're up close to them um, in the back. Oh, cool. Very nice. It's nice. It's nice. And it's not expensive at all. So it's nice. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely reasonably priced. That's something that, you know, throwing down $190 granted, you're going to get lunch and, and four hours of activities, 30 bucks for this is something kind of unique and, it's mm-hmm. something that you're not normally going to get, whether whether you go to your local zoo or not, wherever you are. So it would be fun, a fun thing to do, especially with a family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next time I'm there with my kids, I'm going to drag them out there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> now the Wild Africa Trek, isn't there height regulations on that? There are. There are also age regulations. You can't bring um, young kids. I don't remember what the height is or the age is at this point. I know I brought my daughter, who's now 13, so this was at least three years ago. So she was at, you know, at the oldest 10 when she did it. Um, I want to say the 
I want to say she was close to the cutoff. Um, I don't have the I don't have it memorized as to what the the age limit is. But there is a height limit because you're going to walk these bridges and you're strapped in and all that kind of stuff. So there is, um, if you do have very young kids, you're not going to be able to do it. Okay, I was just curious. Let's since we're we're kind of talking about unique things to do in Animal Kingdom. And most of us who, you know, most of us li- people who are going to listen to the podcast are going to know that they're going to go on, you know, they're going to go on Dinosaur, they're going to go on the, the Safari, they're going to go on, um, you know, this and that and see Bugs Life there. L- why don't we talk about some of the things that maybe people who have been there multiple times, but they have never taken the time out to, to step away from the, the attractions and explore I guess maybe stop and smell the roses a little bit in Animal Kingdom. What what do you think would be the two things that you would recommend the most for people to do to to step away and really experience what the Animal Kingdom is like? Well, apparently now one of the things you could do is try to climb the Tree of Life. I don't know. If you yeah, that's, that's new. Yeah, that's, there's no fast passes available yet for that. Though. No, not yet. Um, hopefully, there'll be a guided tour shortly. Um, but anyway, um, in terms of. Uh, you know, stopping to smell the roses. So, some of the things that, uh, first of all, the animal, the, the animal trails themselves are, for me, um, some of my favorite things to do there. I love the Maharaja Jungle Trek. I love um, the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail. I, you know, I, I'll go through both of them. You know, just about every time I, I go through the, the park, I'll hit at least one of them every time I'm in that park. Um, but even the places like the Oasis, you know, spending an extra, you know, few minutes in there. Most people just buzz right through it when they're heading into the park and, you know, buzzing right through on the way out. Um, but some of the entertainment, too, is really great. I, the Barutica Band, I know Keith is a big fan of yes, uh, yeah. Barutica, uh, and I am right there with him. Um, I There's nothing better than, you know, grabbing a drink at the Dawa Bar and, and watching a set of uh, Barutica. Um, and, but even some of the other t- entertainment over there, the Caribou Sisters, some of the stuff they've added recently, like the Caribou Sisters, um, are a lot of fun. Um, you know, that it's it, people tend not to go out to Rafiki's Planet Watch. I mean, especially if you have small kids, that's a, a nice hour or so. Get on the train and head out to Rafiki's Planet Watch. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do that a lot of people just kind of ignore. Yeah, I'm one of them. Well, number one is my kids are not really fans of zoos or animals per se and it's hard enough to get them sometimes to, to go on attraction more more kelsey than connor but mm-hmm. i i just wish they would enjoy it a little bit more because i would like to spend a little bit more time not necessarily rafiki's planet watch because i'm not i was not a fan of that but um you know to spend time looking at the gorillas and and, and things like that that's i enjoy that i could just sit there and watch them for hours so uh, right if you have a don't take it from me, you know, <laughs> but just spend some time because I, I, you know, do as I say, don't, you know, and all that stuff. But I, right. I think you should spend time and trying to see what else is out there. Some of the trails that are in Animal Kingdom that you're not necessarily going to find just staying on the, the main pass. That, that's what makes Animal Kingdom fun. Yeah, I mean, there is even paths that like almost nobody really knows about, like the one that goes behind the Tree of Light right. where you see the the crested porcupine and the Galapagos uh, uh, turtles, tortoises, excuse yep. me, or the, or the one in front of the tree of life where you can get right up close and even uh, go behind the little waterfall that comes out um, by the tree of life. And you get a close up view of the kangaroos that are like up close to the, uh, to the tree of life. A lot of people, you know, don't even realize that that's there. It sort of even looks like 
you're not supposed to be going on that trail. It's you know, it's not really well marked. It's just sort of off of the side. I think a lot of people walk by and think that that's you know where cast members go. But um, both of those are are interesting places to explore. Now, in a day in the life of a Mike McBride or Safari Mike, what yeah. what would be the top three attractions that are a must see for you? Like what? You're going. You're going to Animal Kingdom. You have you have two hours in Animal Kingdom. What are the three things you can you are going to do? You have to go see. Um, well, if it's I only got two hours, Flight of Passage is probably not one of them since I'm online <laughs> for three hours. Uh, so I'm going to exclude that for a moment. Um, you know, if I seriously, if I only have two hours, I don't know if I would go on any attractions. I might. Um, I mean, I would walk through one of the trails, probably the Maharaja Jungle Trek. Um, you know, I probably would try to get on the safari um, if I could. Um, and, you know, I might uh, sit down and relax and have a nice drink at the Nomad Lounge. That's probably what I would do if I only had two hours. And what are you drinking at the Nomad Lounge? It could be one of the, I, I like a lot of their drinks. My favorite is probably the Mustang coffee, which is uh, coffee and bourbon and melted butter and brown sugar. Well, that sounds so, good. It's very good. It's very good. If you're a coffee drinker, it's very good. But a, a lot of like Hightower Rocks, which I think might be a bourbon-based drink. Uh, the th- good thing about Nomad Lounge is, as opposed to many of the other bars at Disney, it doesn't does not really have the standard uh, Disney drink menu. It has its own unique menu, which um, is fun to to try a lot of different things. And if you could try more than three, you're probably going to have a hard time walking out of there. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, you get the clever life to afterwards. Mike, I was really surprised with you know we ate at Satuli Canteen when we were there, and I've seen the menu for um, my mind just went blank on me. Um, Nomad Lounge and everything in there, and you've got all these people that talk about you know how Epcot's the the place to go to get something to eat. I really think in the long run, I think Animal Kingdom can kind of give it a run for its money with the different options. Right. And it, and it's not the traditional stuff. I mean, is, is that kind of, you think they're going for that to kind of draw more people towards the park or is it just kind of, you know, they, they're, it, it allows them to, to have a more diverse offering. I think the, personally, I think the food, especially the counter service food at uh, Animal Kingdom is better than any other park i think epcot i mean obviously food is always going to be a prime attraction for epcot it's just the way it is and the variety at epcot is always going to be greater than anywhere else just based upon the fact that there are 11 different nations each with their own um you know each with their own food selections so it's always going to be a little bit more varied over at epcot but in terms of you know other parks in particular i mean i think animal kingdom's got Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios beat by a long shot. And um, I think the counter service at um, Animal Kingdom, especially with the addition of Satuli Canteen uh, and Harambe Market only about a year or so ago, has really upped the game on the counter service for Animal Kingdom. And I think those two are probably my favorite counter services in all of Disney. The only one at Epcot that I think I like nearly close to that, I like... Um, Morocco. Yes, and I one also, of my I also, yeah, that's that. I would put in on par with that. And I also like the one in Japan, the Katsuri Grill. I, I like that a lot. So, 
but I probably would put that a step below. I think the Harambe Market and um, Satuli Canteen and Tangerine Cafe are the three best counter services in Dis- on Disney property. And you know, and that's not to say that some of the other ones aren't great. I the Flame Tree Barbecue I think has slipped over the years. It used to be one of my favorites, but it's no longer. I think the Yak and Yeti counter service has improved recently. It's it's pretty you know, it's pretty good. Uh, Restaurantosaurus is your typical. Um, you know, burger fair kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it does have a uh, all you can drink drink station, and they, you know, so there's you can get a soda and have it like 15 different times during the course of the day. So that's, <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, so there is that positive. So, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think the, the food at Animal Kingdom um, is great. And Nomad Lounge is great too for food. Um, you know, it's what you can get there. There's a lounge menu there that has a lot of small plates that are. You know, they keep changing them up. Um, you know, I've had some new things. They had like they got rid of the spring rolls and added a vegetable, I think, uh, pad thai, which is really good. They had a pasoli soup, which is sort of the South American beef stew kind of thing, which was delicious. Um, the cheese plate is really good there, and any of the appetizers at Tiffin's, you can also get there, which um, you know gives you a pretty good variety there. And the best churros in Disney World are also at Nomad Lounge. I didn't even know they have them there. They have them there. They're fresh. They're not like those, you know, hard ones you get at the little counters throughout, scattered throughout the parks. They taste like cinnamon donuts, and you get uh, two dipping sauces. One is a vanilla cream, and the other is a strawberry chili. So it's like really? a strawberry with a little yeah. bit of spice. Ooh, they that are good. phenomenal. I, I mean, after I had those, I don't get churros anywhere else. I, I guess you have that and you throw that down with uh, the one coffee with the bourbon. That's probably <laughs> perfect. It's great. It's great. <sighs> and it's nice. And, if you're inside, it's nice and cool. If it's a hot day, nice and cool inside. And if it's nice outside, you can sit on that gorgeous deck and just, you know, with the water over. It's fantastic. Do you think it's good for uh, families, you know, with young kids to go sit in there? Or do you think it's more? it should be more of an adult um, lounge? I will tell you. So I, when I was with um, Mike, now my kids are 15 and 13. So keep that in mind. That's their ages. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to, in the course of eight days, we did Animal Kingdom four or five days. Now, again, these are half days. Um, you know, we'd do one park and then, and each and every time, um, both of my kids wanted to go for the meal there, go to Nomad Lounge. And we ate lunch there at least three times during the course of uh, eight days. Um, it's the, the best thing about it, and again, for kids my age, is that you get to sit down on a very comfortable couch. This is August. I was there in August, so you got to keep that in mind as well. It's hot. Um, and they sat there for like 45 minutes drinking, you know, whatever, soda or whatever, having churros and playing on their phones, which, you know, kids, te- <laughs> teenagers are... Teenagers and their older parents also do all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it was it's very comfortable, very pleasant. I mean, if you have like a two-year-old, you know, you're in Disney World. I mean, people, it's not like you're in a bar in New York City right. where people are going to exactly. look at you funny because you have a two-year-old right. making a lot of noise. You're in Disney World, so um, it's fine. And um, you know, I've been in there with little, younger kids who. I think appreciate also appreciate the couch and the air conditioning as well. So, 
Sean, I think the biggest thing out of all that, if, if you listen really close, Safari Mike just admitted that Animal Kingdom was a half-day park because he said he took two half-days. I did hear that. Nope. Yes, I did. No, nope. I, I said four or five half-days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I tore it. I think most people probably do. At least most, quote-unquote, veterans of the uh, Disney World tour. Uh, you, you guys probably do too. We do something in the morning, right? Um, you know, and then we have lunch wherever that is, and then go rest back at the hotel, and then go back someplace afterwards. It's not always the same park. I, you know, I have an annual pass. I had my kids at park hopper passes when I was with them, so we um, tended to hop around a lot. So, right? Yeah, I'm definitely a park hopper. I mean, I think that I think having the ability to park hop and it's been whether it's a half day at one park, half at another, or we're doing three parks in the same day. I think that's a way to keep Disney fresh in, in many ways. So mm-hmm. um, that's a that's a must do for me. I, I think somebody who's never been to Disney before doesn't need a park hopper, but veterans without Absolutely. a doubt, I think you need it. Absolutely. And in, my kids always want the park hopper. They like to go um, to different places. In fact, now that they're older, um, I'll get off topic for a second here a little bit. What I do with them is... Um, anybody who knows me well knows that I am a planner to it when I'm going to Disney World anyway. So I have my Fast Passes booked 60 days out. I have my ADRs booked 180 days out. And I'm constantly tinkering. I would go on there and move around this and move around that and check, um, you know, what's extra magic hours and switch things around. So with my kids being their, their ages now, I give them one block of time, whether it's a morning thing or an evening thing, or I say to um, my son or my daughter, today is your day, and you just tell us where we're going to go. We don't have any plans, and they just direct us to where we want to go. Um, and My son, for example, picked Epcot, and what he wanted to do was not be around me or my daughter. So he went off on his own um, and walked around World Showcase and did what he wanted to do. My daughter picked the Magic Kingdom, so you know she directly we went to Pirates and Haunted Mansion, et cetera, et cetera. So having that park hopper, especially with kids that age, is critical. At right. least, I think. At least I think. I agree. All right, Mike. So you said you practiced. You got time to to get ready for it. So we're going to do the <laughs> the Tiki Lightning round for you. Okay, go ahead. So, so no ums or anything on here. I'm expect you to. No spit, ums. Oh, I expect you to spit the answers out. Just you know, as soon as I answer the question for you. So. All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, first question is going to be your favorite character. Uh, it's Doug from Up. Nice. I, th- I, don't, I don't think we've had anybody say that. That's, no, that's a good I don't one. Think so. uh, favorite snack. I it's probably the churros from Nomad Lounge. Favorite movie. Uh, Leading the Tramp. Nice, another original. Uh, favorite attraction? Uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris. And your favorite theme park memory? See, this I know you're going to ask this. Well, this is a tough one because you know I probably I've been there many times. Uh, I, you know, I was trying to think of something with with my kids because you know, as I've mentioned a couple of times now, being teenagers, um, when I when I'm home in New Jersey, you know, if they answer the phone when i call them i'm lucky you know (laughs) they they sort of just do their video games and are on their phone but when i go to disney they are like kids again and it's really a great bonding time so that's but that is so general so the the, what i'm going to come up with is um for the i've been to disney world many many times 
this past June um, was the first time I ever went to Disneyland and the first time I ever saw Disneyland. So I am going to actually say that. Um, and I actually did it um, for the Tiki Trot. I went out there and did my first 5K That's right, yeah. uh, doing the Tiki Trot, and uh, I got to see Disneyland for the first time. And that was a, a something I'll never forget. That was a fantastic um, trip. And just being able to see Sleeping Beauty Castle and sort of ride on you know their version of Big Thunder and their Pirates of the Caribbean and riding Indiana Jones and the Matterhorn. And it's a weird feeling when you're in Disneyland, when you're so used to to Disney World. I mean, you see Pirates of the Caribbean and you know what it is, but it's not in the right spot. Right. <laughs> it makes you, it's very confusing and disorienting at some points. Um, but it, it's a great park. I mean, so I'm going to say that. My first trip to Disneyland. Very cool. I And I can't believe nobody said Doug. That, that shocks me. Yeah, no one has. Not once. I will say, I think it seems to be everybody goes like old school with their characters. It's either, you know, Mickey or Goofy, or if they go, if they deviate from that, it will be, you know, one of the older movies. You don't have a whole lot of newer characters that get mentioned for that. No. Okay. <laughs> well, Up is my favorite Pixar movie. I mean, Lady and Tramp is my favorite Disney movie, period. But Up is my favorite Pixar. Also, I don't think I've heard many Lady and the Tramps be favorite movies, so that's that's an original too. So, yep. yeah, that I know, and not a lot of people would put that in their top, uh, you know, top list. But that that is definitely my best. It's always been my favorite, even when I was a little kid centuries ago. Um, I, I enjoyed Lady and the Tramp. I loved it. It surprises me. I don't know what I would think or expect your favorite movie to be, but it surprised me. <laughs> it's it's Lady and the Tramp. Well, it's animals. Well. And there's a bit, there's a big scene in a zoo, so <laughs> 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 I just love Jock and you know all the, the you know those all those characters. I think it's a great movie. I love Lady, yeah. I love Tramp. I like. I think it's a great movie. Jim Deere and Darling and <laughs> Siamese cats. <laughs> all right, Mike. So we appreciate you coming on and sharing your your knowledge of Animal Kingdom and everything. Uh, go ahead and take a minute. Let our listeners know where they can find you where they can find your show all that good stuff that you want to you know promote put out there for them sure you can find me at john boy everyone on twitter that's probably the easiest way um as i'm sure i know you two guys know i'm apparently addicted <laughs> i'm apparently addicted to twitter um you can find me the blog is john uh you could pick up like our podcast from there which is radio harambe on all the your usual podcast sites so um yeah that's that's good enough all right, so that's going to do it for this week. First, we want to thank our sponsors, Kingdom Strollers. Get your premium stroller and crib rental at KingdomStrollers.com. Want to decorate those boring magic bands? Check out the customized decals at MyFantasyBands.com. Make sure you use the code EnchantedTikiTalk20 to save 20% off your order. Let the vacation experts at MousePros.com help plan your next perfect Disney vacation. Get a clear view of the parks with Woody's polarized sunglasses. Check out all other wood frame styles at Woody's.com. Don't forget to check out our store at redbubble.com slash Tiki Talk Podcast. And you can connect with us on social media. Find us on Facebook at Enchanted Tiki Talk, Instagram and Twitter at Tiki Talk Podcast. Or you can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI, 256-469-8454. And if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. And you can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's 1-M-I-N Disney Dream, MouseWorldVacations.com. You can find both 
Keith and Scott at badboys.com. What you gonna do? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking that up right now. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you for a minute. <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Twitter at mholly579 uh, for a special guest, Mike. Alan, take it away, buddy. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith and Matt, I'm Alan. And this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. All right, so that wasn't so bad, Mike. We did pretty good for no topic. <laughs> Not bad at all. <laughs> I'm used to the no topic bit. I mean, sometimes we teach just sort of. I used to go on the Disney hipsters all the time, and they never had a topic. Yeah, no, never. <laughs> so it's all right. Complete randomness, but and you finally yeah. got to do the Tiki Lightning round. That's right. I hope I I did not disappoint. I hope. <laughs> no, not at all. You get to do the. You get to do round two next time. <laughs> and it, it's funny. Before Alan passed away, it was like Alan's like. All right, so how are we going to get Mike back on? I'm going to get Mike back on to do the Tiki Lightning round. Do we just have him come on and just do the Tiki Lightning round, or do we do an episode with him? I totally would have come on just to do the Tiki Lightning round. That would have been funny <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely would have done that. <laughs> Enchanted Tiki Talk has been brought to you by MousePros.com. Let us plan your perfect Disney vacation. And MickeyMonthly.com, where you can get the park sent directly to you. And by KingdomStrollers.com, for all your premium stroller and crib rental needs. Also by Trader Sam's Coffee. Why not brew some magic in your home? And finally, Woody's.com. Sunglasses for a glare-free view of the magic. For all of us here, I'm David Benter. Thanks for listening to Enchanted Tiki Talk.